Welcome back to the pod. My name's Kenny. Here with uh, my co-host Matt, and we've got a special guest today, founder and creator of Flowhold, Mr. Noah Oliver of Flowhold. Welcome to the pod, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Uh, no problem, man. So, how long have you been training? Um, I started training in 2007, so I think we're at about 16 years at this point of uh, gi, uh, but pretty pretty evenly both. Um, I got into jujitsu through MMA, but um, my jujitsu coach was like old school Brazilian, so even getting ready for MMA fights, we were training three three days a week in the gi at least. So like kind of started always gi and no gi both and then um, traveled around a lot. You know, I started when I was like 17. So then moved away for college, then went in the military, moved around a bunch. So I've trained at a bunch of different places. And then just depending on the school I was at, some are more focused on no gi, some more on gi. Right. So kind of had phases of my life that were more heavy on one or the other. But I think pretty close to like, 50-50 throughout my whole life, yeah. Me, personally, I've always been more gi than no gi, even mm -hmm. though I do. So I'd probably say 80% gi and 20% yeah. no gi. Um, and that's just the fact of scheduling-wise, um, when I'm working, I'm like, hey, if I'm going to train, I want to belt up. And if you're old-school jiu-jitsu gym, no gi ain't going to rank you. Yeah. They won't rank. If you're just doing no gi, you're not going to belt up. Yeah. You have to put the kimono on. So... I was like, if I only got so many classes per week that I could do, um, I would make sure they were gi. But uh, man, fifty fifty. I, I love doing no gi. I just definitely, it's definitely my. I'm weaker at no gi than no gi. For yeah, sure. yeah, uh, yeah. These days, it's it's a lot more no gi. It's probably ninety five percent no gi, and a lot of that's just like scheduling wise. Like the time that I make to the gym is no gi, and uh, you know, kind of like our our crew of the more of like black belt guys that we get together and train. It's a lot of no gi stuff. So you're a black belt? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I got my black belt. Um, it's been like a year coming up on two years now. Two years? Um, I got my black belt. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Do you find that, um, what do you find, what do you find funner or what do you find more technical? You know, I mean, I, obviously, you know, people say the gi is more technical and I mean, you have more tools to work with. So, you know, it, it it does make sense in that way. But, I mean, you got the leg lock game that's not so much in, in gi. I don't think – and then, like, once you really start diving into more, um, like, wrestling stuff, there's a lot of technicality that goes with that that's yep. more applicable um, in no gi. And then, again, you can counter that with there's judo stuff in gi. So it's like – I don't know if one's more technical than the other. I personally, right now in this moment, because I'm doing more no gi, I find that more fun because when I put the kimono on, I'm like, oh, shit this is a little like, yeah give me that arm back you know like so yeah. i think it's just kind of like whatever you know whichever one you're you're doing more at the moment probably is more fun because you're more comfortable and you feel like you're better when you're better at something it's usually a little more fun i think that mma is a huge part of why no gi is more popular than gi obviously because it's pretty much no gi fighting right yeah, yeah. um I'm, if they still allowed guys to fight in the gi like hoist did in UFC one and UFC two, I think there'd be the gi would be a lot cooler. Do you think anyone would opt to do that with the chokes from side? For if you could, if you were so good at like getting on top position, yeah. But it's like if you're in the gi and they're not, I feel like they it's have a advantage. disadvantage. Yeah, because they can grab like you can't shoot on them because they could have collars. Yeah, I yeah. feel like uh, I feel like you. pants though and no gi is beneficial. That's like why Eddie Bravo still oh. wears gi pants. Yeah. Just just grip wise, lockdown stuff like that. Like good luck. Yeah. I feel like if I could get smother somebody or I can get inside control, 
or top half and I could like feed a lapel choke yeah. on some winning gi and then land strikes while I'm doing it. I don't know, man. Like I think it has its ebbs and flows of which would be better. But I feel like if it was more prevalent and you that was an option, I feel like there would definitely be it'd be just a, it'd be a lot more popular. It'd be interesting. I mean, I would I would love to to see that. I feel like some like one championship would allow that. Like they're kind of doing some cool stuff. Yeah, let it go. Some more old school. Yeah, yeah. Give it but, a shot. I don't know. Um, what was your introduction to jujitsu? Like, what 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 uh, made you want to start training? So, um, I started Muay Thai first. Um, I kind of always, you know, I did like some Taekwondo when I was young and stuff. My dad was 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 a boxer. He boxed like golden gloves so we would kind of like just mess around the house um where i was in i grew up like outside of atlanta there wasn't really you know much there was no boxing gym around or anything like that um but yeah so i was always like interested in combat sports kind of wanted to do it my mom was super resistant towards that so it was just kind of like stuff messing around at the house with my dad and then when i got like a little older my family we moved down to west palm beach florida when i was 14 years old um so i went to high school down there and then kind of like around 16 get a little more independence can drive and stuff and so then it kind of and, and just like kind of being coming out of ad- adolescence like growing into a young man mm-hmm. and like kind of being like oh i would like to be able to defend myself and um it's kind of right at the time when ultimate fighter was coming out and so then it's like you know there's more more light on mma and realizing like what that is and so i basically found this little like uh it's like this karate studio but they rented out different time slots to like different martial arts. So there was like, okay. so they had like an hour um, at a time. They'd be like boxing, Muay Thai, and Jiu-Jitsu. So me and my buddy Dan went down there. We did like a trial thing, and we did like one of each class. And the that was so that was the first Jiu-Jitsu class I ever took. This dude Butterfly, that was like his nickname. He was a purple belt at the time. Taught the class, and I would just remember taking it and being like very confused, you know. And I remember him teaching a triangle. You know, and looking back now, knowing what I know now, like, you know, I'm teaching the triangle and showing it, but just like the first time, just not knowing why the arm is going there and what's the, yeah. and like, I'm like, okay, like, I, it's cool, it's fun. But then I just loved the Muay Thai class. Did the Muay Thai, super awesome Muay Thai crew from Thailand, had like a bunch of fought, like, legit with bound ropes, like, re- so just like really cool figure and like super stoic, like calm, like almost like what you'd imagine, like a Mr. Miyagi type, right, type yeah. figure. A real and, and I'm sensei. like, this is my sensei. Yeah. So I just gravitated towards the mu- Muay Thai, and there's a cool, like, tight crew. And you got a of, Muay Thai frame. You're like, you oh, know, yeah, yeah, slender, yeah. you know, like, I mean, like, sure, so it's yeah. like, you probably adapted good to kicking high. And, 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 you know, that Taekwondo that I did when I, when I was little that I thought was kind of, you know, or like grown into, thought it was kind of, turns out it, and I think I developed some sort of like kicking dexterity when I was a kid. So then I was like kind of had a natural inclination towards Muay Thai. So it was like I started, I felt like I was like decent at it. Um, so did that. But then was into MMA, was into like, like I said, Ultimate Fighters coming up. I'm like watching UFC stuff on Spike TV back then. And um, so then uh, probably like six months there. And then my Muay Thai crew, they opened up a, an extreme couture MMA gym in in my town in in Wellington, Florida, which is like. 30 minutes from Palm Beach, Florida. Um, so they opened up this MMA gym, and my Muay Thai crew went to become the uh, the main instructor, the, the Muay Thai instructor there. So I got to follow him over to that gym, and then I got introduced to Marcelo Hubiero, who was my first jiu-jitsu coach. So he was running the jiu-jitsu and the MMA program over there. And then, so now I was at this gym. And, and at the original karate school, the thing was, like, you had to pay per the martial art. 
So like that's why I only had to like that's why I could only do one. Like it's not like I could do the Muay Thai and the boxing and and so I would have loved to have yeah, done that. They didn't yeah, have a combo. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it was like you're paying an extra. You know, over. You know, and I, I was like. 16 17 yeah. paying with my own like money you know so i was like i only have i can't money. mow these I, mini lawns yeah exactly yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah so i can only afford to do the one so then i went to the the uh mma gym and then i wound up getting a job as like the desk guy at the gym so i got to train for free and um and that's when i was like it was like full reign and so i met marcelo and then marcelo was even like more of a sense like he really then took me like under his wing and and like it was cool because the gym had just opened he had a handful of students that he'd been teaching like in a racquetball court with some mats. So it was only like a few guys that he was like super close with. So it was like a good, um, as someone like coming into it, I got to come in and not kind of get like lost in the sea of other people. You know, there was only, a, it was a small, they just started small group. So it was like, I got a lot of attention from Marcelo and I think he saw that I was like into it and I was like wanted to learn. And so immediately it was like, took me in. It was like, Hey, we're going to compete. We're going to this. We're going, you should fight. You should do all this. And then, it just was like off to the races from there. And I started jiu-jitsu and I was like, I love this. You mentioned you were in the military and whatnot. I know that, um, well, first of all, I'll kind of backtrack a little bit. We asked some of our listeners for suggestions of who we should interview and your name popped up. That's why I reached out to you. Yeah. I'd seen you, 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 you pop up in both my personal Instagram feed and, um, the, uh, the BJJ balance Instagram feed. So it's, I was familiar with your stuff. I'm like, Oh, I follow this guy. And then, uh, I was like, cool. I reached out to you. So, Thank you, first of all, for coming on. But yeah, I appreciate um, it. Dude, it was a, honestly an honor to be asked. So yeah. So um, when, when trying to do some research um, about, like, you know, things we talked to you about and whatnot, I, I, read, I read that this was, like, veteran-owned company and whatnot. What branch of military were you in? So I was, uh, I was in the Navy. I, obviously, you, you, you're not from San Diego. Like, how did you end up here? So the, the Navy is what ultimately brought me out to, um, to San Diego. But I did – that was always, like – what I, I wanted to get out to San Diego. So my, my mom uh, is born and raised here down in, in Chula Vista. Oh, cool. And uh, my dad was actually in the Navy. They met out here. My sister was born in San Diego. And then shortly after my sister was born, they moved back to uh, Atlanta where, gotcha. where I was born. So um, so my mom, born and raised here until she was 31 years old, then moved back to Atlanta. And just growing up, you know, oh, we would come visit the family on San Diego. And like, just, right. like my mom talking about like childhood. And I always like, really loved the beach and then as i got like a little older and kind of like like got into like skateboarding and punk rock music yeah, and like all this southern all california shit yeah. and i was just like it just seemed like san diego was like the place to be so i kind of had this like romantic idea of san diego from when i was like sort of a kid yeah and uh you know the navy brought me out here and then i got out in 2018 and it was a kind of no question of like staying and and like i got my family out here so it's very home like right. and um, you know, my parents, they moved, like I said, we moved down to West Palm Beach. They spent 10 years there and then moved back to Atlanta. So it was like, you know, it's not even like an established like home so much. So it's like now at this point in my life, like I've been here, you know, 10 years. And so it's, right. it's pretty home. I feel you. Yeah. What was your inspiration for starting Flow Holder? Have you always had like that, like, like creating a creative mindset of like creating gear or like what made you feel like? Um, what was the inspiration for it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I th to some degree, yeah. I When I was, when I first started MMA, um, I actually, like, it never, I never did anything with it, never went, but, I, like, at, like, 18 years old, like, I created this 
Byte brand. Like I did a bunch of sketches. I made like a MySpace page for it, and but it never did anything. And um, I just led like, and it was kind of honestly like a similar motif. It was like the the, the logo that I did was like American tr- traditional tattoo style. Um, and uh, so that was, you know, looking back, kind of something that was always like a seed there, but it wasn't anything like serious that was there over the years. I was like, I'm gonna start a brand one day. But um, and it was really like I was getting out of the military and um, I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do. And I, you know, you got the GI Bill after you get out. So it'll like pay to go to, to, go to, to school. I had already finished my undergrad because Florida has an awesome program where if you do well enough in your GPA SAT, like you can go to college, state college for free. So I did that. And, um, and then knowing I wanted to go in the military, went in the military, it wasn't all it was cracked up to be or what I thought it was going to be. You know, I'm glad I did it. It was great experiences. Um, but it was like definitely something I didn't want to do for the rest of my life. And then I was just like, all right, I'll use my GI bill cause I can go to school and get paid. And I kind of like use this time to figure out what I actually want to do. And then entrepreneurship to some degree, like seemed alluring. Um, and I love, you know, the jujitsu and MMA, like it's like my main hobby is the thing I love the most. Um, but I wasn't sure. I didn't seem like I wanted to like teach or like do that kind of thing. I just didn't, I didn't really know. So I was like taking all this time. And then honestly, the, with like starting a brand, I I had that desire to do it, but I was pretty like nervous. Like I was scared to basically present myself as someone that like, who am I to create? Like, you know, there's great brands that already exist. Like, what am I going to add to the table? And like the idea of taking those first steps and like presenting them to people and like the fear of getting that like brought back to me. I'm like, hey guys, like I'm gonna make this thing, and they're like, that sucks. There's already a bunch of great things. So like, many. why do you think you're gonna, you know, have anything to offer? When you have the brands like, you know, Tap Out was like flying, and all these like introduction MMA type brands, Affliction, you know, yeah. all these crazy brands are out there. That to me, it takes such stones to be an entrepreneur to like just take that leap and bet on yourself. Yeah, um, I find that kind of hard with like me with the Ost Nation thing. I'm kind of like scared almost to like, if it's, Hey man, you need to make merch. You need to make shirts. You need to do this. You need to do that. And I'm like, I don't, I feel weird asking people because maybe I come from like a nine to five environment. I feel like asking people to buy my stuff or like pushing my stuff and hoping like, I'm going to put this order out. Hopefully it takes off. And then it, you, you know, you're going to have trials and errors where oh, that one didn't hit. And you know what I mean? You're going to take it on the chin a little bit. Yeah. It's not, not just with, with brands, with clothing, like with, products but like anything any creative endeavor this this podcast even just like 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 uh creating content creating videos like all this it, just putting something out in the world like something that you created something that was not there and then from your mind you made it and then whatever it is whether it's content or a physical product and then you put it out like there's going to be a reception and like the fear of how that ultimately is going to be received is is intimidating and it, it's scary but like if if you really want to do that thing you've obviously got to you've got to do it and like I let that fear definitely prevent me from doing things a lot in the past and it's something I've like finally kind of learned to just like the first step of just like with jiu-jitsu of, of not sucking at it is you got to suck some first so yeah. it's like yeah if you put it out and it's not the best thing in the world and it's not that great receivable well, well like those are getting your reps you know you got to get those reps and you got to do shit for it to ultimately for it to be successful at all what do you think your biggest uh obstacles have been as far as building a brand um, 
I mean, myself. Okay. <laughs> like uh, self-doubt, um, uh, in- initiation, like like getting like like geared up to actually like like do something something like overcoming the the resistance of actually actually like getting stuff done. Um, learning to uh, be able to to operate not just out of uh, like those moments of inspiration. You know, it's like there's times where you're like you know, you get in the flow for whatever reason, something comes up and it's just like easy to create. It's easy yeah. to do thing. It's easy, even not just creative stuff, but just like general work. All right. Yeah. I'm knocking out all these emails. I'm writing these people back. And then sometimes it's just like, fuck dude, this is like the hardest thing in the world. Like why? And just kind of getting into that first step, like all that stuff. I don't feel like with flow hold, at least like there's a lot of, uh, it's not like my back's against the wall, me against the world. Like all these people are trying to prevent me from, right. you know, expressing myself. It's all me. Right. <laughs> Everything's me, you know? So it's like, I think, you know, that is, uh, yeah. And, and then a lot of parallels with, with jujitsu and shit. It's like, you know, you're not, your, your training partners, even your, your, you know, competitive, your, if you're in a tournament, you're competing at someone like, that's not ultimately your competition. Your competition is yourself. Right. Um, we were talking that before you even got here. We were like, people want jujitsu content. People want jujitsu stuff. Whenever we're, anybody who does jujitsu or trains jujitsu, when you're listening to JRE Joe Rogan and he starts yeah. talking jujitsu, you're like, all right, like, yes. finally he's talking about it. He, he's put the cro- crossbow down, Joe. You're finally talking <laughs> about what we're here for. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, Eddie Bravo's on there? Oh, maybe he won't talk about space and he'll talk about jujitsu a little bit. You're like, thank God. Yeah. Like, every time he brings it up or talks about any any kind of MMA fighter, you're just hoping he talks about jujitsu. Yeah. If he's a jujitsu guy and all of those clips are the property, they just get spread like wildfire. So it's like same thing with building a brand or company. I think people love this sport so much that it's going to people are going to want to watch people are going to want to listen they're look they're li- they're they're they want a podcast to listen to yeah they want gear to wear mm-hmm. they want it and so it's like the sport sells itself i think there's been a um uh like a i don't know a, a watch no, watchful i'm trying to think of the, the right term there's been a um almost like a lockout of like it is brazilian jiu-jitsu you know what i mean so like to have this american influence come into Brazilian jiu-jitsu, I feel like that was kind of pushed away for a long time. Um, I, I see less of that now with with companies like Flowhold and, and a few others and whatnot that they're, it's not that, if you if you look at like Shoirogis or like some, like they have that that old school Brazilian jiu-jitsu look to them with the, the patches all over everything. You know what I mean? Does, yeah. does it make sense? Yeah. And I feel like um, the, the aesthetic of like American culture is, is a little more clean or um, even like our, our streetwear is very like, you know, clean lines, um, you know, very basic script, you know, stuff like that. Or, or, you know, the, the traditional tattoo work and whatnot, like everything has like a, a specific American look, it's if you will. An American spin on yeah. their stuff. It's and not I like th- crazy. I think in, until recently that wasn't as accepted um, in the marketplace. I feel like there's been like a, this, uh, I'm not resurgence, but like a, a charge for like American jujitsu in general, not even the sport to kind of like to pick up. I, I feel like there's a, with the Gordon Ryans and things like that, there's, there's a lot of, I don't know. You're not seeing, you're seeing 
not just Brazilians at the top of every leaderboard in these IBJJF right. tournaments and stuff like that. And I think if you even step out and look at just like the Nogi side of jujitsu, you look at the the EBIs, you look at the ADCCs, you're seeing a lot of these like wrestler, American wrestler converted to jujitsu guys doing really well, or, you know, they're just, I don't know, maybe that plays an influence on. Right. I, I, personally, I don't know how you guys both feel on this, but to me, I don't, this whole American jujitsu thing is like taking over because like I train American jujitsu and this that, and this and like, the, and yeah, you're Americans and we train right. jujitsu. But to me, the sport is the sport. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, People who play basketball in Europe are getting really good at basketball now. Yeah. Yeah. They're I'm not, not saying, European basketball. They're not changing the name. Yeah. I know now we call football football and it's not what soccer is, right? Yeah. We changed the name. We call it soccer. Right. But like, I don't think that's respectful to the art to change the name. We are Americans that get very, very good at jujitsu. I agree with you there. I, I feel like there. it is now, even though <laughs> Brazilian jujitsu was, cha they changed the name to Brazilian jujitsu. I was listening to a podcast that it was just called jujitsu and they called it, but they changed it to Brazilian jujitsu. So it's like, I see what some people are trying to do, but like you're just, you know, it's more top game, heavy takedowns and stuff like that. You're adding the wrestling base to the jujitsu, but when it all comes down to it, we're still all doing Brazilian jujitsu. A triangle is a triangle uh, that the leg attack game. You mean there's been a lot of Brazilians that are very good at attacking the legs also. So yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just don't, I think the name American Jiu-Jitsu, it still should be Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I agree with you there. I, I think what, what I was more referencing is just the the fact that, that Americans aren't, there's a type of music that I, I used to DJ and whatnot in my early 20s and late teens, and it's uh, it's from the UK. And when I was coming up and like trying to blow up in that scene, the the UK the, the Brits basically would would lock out American artists and whatnot. So if you, let's say you were producing a track and whatnot and you try to submit it to record labels, if you were American, they wouldn't even look at it. It could be better than anything that was out right then, but just because you weren't British, they didn't want anything to do with it. So I, what I'm getting at is the, the parallel, when I say American jiu-jitsu, I don't mean a different style of jiu-jitsu, jiu but more or less, I feel like the sport has been dominated by Bra Brazilians for so long that now we're starting to see a shift where maybe it's, it's evening out. And um, I, I feel like American culture is starting to influence the brands as well. So we'll ask Noah this. Do you think that um, because, you know, for a long time, Brazilians would escape. They would leave Brazil and open schools in America. And yeah. that's how they become financially successful. It's a it's a blueprint. <laughs> I, like, I like you said escape. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean escape. They all go back for vacation. Yeah, but you yeah. talk, they, come, they 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 move to America. Yeah, there's, and there's they, more opportunity. There's and more, they, money more opportunity, more money sure. here. And they build a school and they build a brand and they they you know and then they go back and visit their family. Absolutely. But they, yeah. they come here right. to, for a better life. Yep. Um, do you think that um, they're kind of like you know, I would say like protective over jujitsu. Like they don't like the fact that like. Um, it's getting so popular here and there's a lot of more American black belts. There's a lot more American dominant athletes. That's like, it's like, it's harder to come over now. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, yeah, you know, more, more competition, more competition. Yeah. I mean, I think if you honest, I think most people would, would honestly answer that, that they would want it to the popularity and it for the sport to grow, but to keep it, 
tighter at the Brazilian core. Yeah, I think if you're if people are honest about that, and that's you know that's not a Brazilian thing. That's American. It's if we if it was if it was American jiu-jitsu, and then it was a smaller sport, and then it started growing internationally, and we'd probably be happy it was growing, but then we wouldn't want the other people like right, in charge like and a, teaching. Yeah. And yeah, of course. I mean, that's just that that's human nature. But I would say too. I mean, it's. I look at it's like it's submission grappling. It's been going on for thousands and thousands of years, and you know, act, uh, you know, certain submissions may be innovated. Maybe they they weren't. Maybe they were being done a long, long time ago. Then fell out of fashion, and you know, you see right. these like old like sculptures and and artwork of like of submissions we're using today, and like it's all you know, Brazilian jiu jitsu comes from. Japanese judo and, and jiu-jitsu and stuff. So it's like, it's always going to be evolving. It's always going to be changing at this point in time. hundred percent. The the Brazilian influence is like a massive part of why it's we do main, what we do. And, and, and part, you can't yeah. ever take that away and you can't make it American jiu-jitsu and erase the, the Brazilian influence. And they, they do their respect for, for that. Um, but regardless of whatever it is, like grappling is, just a beautiful art. It's, a, it's an amazing activity. And, you know, I hope that more and more people continue to do it. And, yeah. I, and I think it's cool. Like, I think now we, what, what separates a lot of the different gra- is just like the rule sets. And and I think you're seeing like with ADCC type things um, and then like more representation internationally throughout like MMA. Um, you know, you're just you're seeing a lot of these rules shift a little bit and it's kind of evolving into submission grappling. You know, and just like from sambo to jujitsu to wrestling, and, and like wrestlers are learning submissions, and they're starting to grab. It's like just it's just grappling, like right. ultimate. It's more of like a unified rule set through ADCC, I think is neat. Yeah. And I think I think it, when they were creating that that rule set too, we've kind of briefly touched on this bef- before, and I don't know the people that listen how far into that they are. I know some people that are into jujitsu they don't know anything about ADCC, which I think is kind of weird, but. <clears throat> the the rule set of splitting the time for the first five minutes there's no points mm-hmm. and then you can't you if you if you sit in a guard you get penalized um i i think they're they're trying to not make it advantageous for any one discipline but kind of like make it even across the board so like you you have to take them down yeah so get your wrestling chops up you know get your takedown chops up i think people who don't do jiu-jitsu people who do do jiu-jitsu rather and they're not really in ADCCs because it feels like it's such a, it's not attainable for them. Okay. And so, so it's like, I have to go to the ADCC trials. I got to win that. Yeah, yeah. I, so they're like, that's not for me. And then they have no desire to watch it. And then, so they're like. But they're smart and they're changing that now with the opens. Right. Yeah, yeah they, they the are. The opens are 100%. blowing up like crazy and it's a, it's a, it's an, it's an awesome tournament and it's a good structure and it's a great organization. I went to the Orange County Open. It was a blast. Yeah, I think that like when I when I, I remember being online and I saw your name flow hold. I'm like, damn it! What did I think of that, dude? That's such a good, that's <laughs> wow, such that's a, a that's, that's a, a compliment good, right there. Thank that's you. That's a good name for a brand. Yeah. And I was like, dang, toe hold flow. <laughs> that's a this is low hanging fruit, and he just grabbed it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, AVCC definitely is. I feel like I remember when I was like in the blue belt stuff. I was like, oh, I mean, that's not for me. I don't do no gi enough and. Dude, but mm-hmm. there's blue belts that are, are winning the advanced divisions and whatnot in these opens. Yeah, yeah, but there does a lot. Most mostly those are people that have been training since, since they were right. kids. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so like, a, dude, a 16 year old blue belt is a is black. gonna fuck up <laughs> most hobbyist like brown belts. Yeah, you know like, what I mean. Let me, you got old. You got you got Mr. Frig party over here, Kenny. What's and, the uh, what's that? Kid, the kid that drives the red S10. 
goes to oh fuck i don't know he's a monster though. oh yeah yeah um yeah these kids have a green belt orange belt green belt with a stripe all these different i don't even know the junior belts but seven like, belts and if then- you, all these kids like if you're an adult and you're a blue belt and you're like i'm two about two years in i got my blue belt i'm gonna do the adult <laughs> division good luck you're going against a kid who's been training for eight to nine years yeah like Dad's making him go to jujitsu. He's like, I want to play fucking video games. No, get we're going to train, and he's yeah. just like, for ten years of grappling, and you're gonna roll with them. You're gonna get smoked. Yeah, these adult blue belts are a problem. Yeah, they don't quite have the strength yet, but they definitely have the the gas tank. They got the cardio. They got the speed. And the two I've, hardest I've, divisions. Dude, I've yeah. seen adult I've seen a lot blue of younger guys. Yeah, adult blue, and then. I would say maybe adult black, obviously, because yeah, yeah. look at, like I have said, like I'm about to get my second degree, but like Poncho, our instructor, he's been training at black belt longer than I've been training. So the, the depth of the guy you could fight yeah, yeah, totally. is huge. Adult blue and then a kid, he's been training for 10 years. Same, there's the biggest, yeah. you know, the big, right. the, the gaps between those two are just tremendous. Yeah. You get more fair rounds around purple or brown belt, you get more fair, uh, you know, at least like the guy, the doll blue, who's a purple now, he's been, he's got 15 years in, but at least you've got seven years in at purple. Yeah. So you can kind of, you have your game. You're right. Yeah. I agree with that totally. Um, uh, what, what injuries have you had any injuries? What's the biggest obstacles throughout your jujitsu journey? Injuries, schedule, stuff yeah, like that? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've had shoulder surgery on my left. Well, so first I, I tore my, or partially tore my pectoral tendon. Um, I actually did it lifting. I did it lifting, and then I had a tournament that I was already signed up for, and it was like, uh, like a week and a half later, two weeks later, and I was like, I was a blue belt at the time, and in my early twenties at the time, and not smart at the time, less, <laughs> more dumber, and uh, I was like, I'm gonna do the tournament anyways. I'm not, you know, not yeah. backing down. Right. So dumb, and uh, I remember. So it's like it's partially torn already, but not like crazy bad. And uh, I was holding a guy in side control and like kind of almost like working towards like a cradle type thing. So and he just like pulled. Yeah. And he, he like, you know, extends back and I just, I could hear it. Go, oh, and then it went like real bad tear. So then that took me out for a while. And then. Did um, you win the match? I did win the match. Yeah. So you stayed on top. <laughs> yeah. 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 I and won. then you're like, I don't know. I don't got another one left. That's yeah. It. yeah. Won the match, or won the battle, lost the war. Cause then I was about six months out from that torn peg. And then um, that same side, my left side, I got I got surgery on my anterior and posterior labrum, and um, that was in 2018. Um, I got that surgery. That was like right after uh, I be- I got my brown belt, and then like a month or two later, I got my shoulder surgery. So then that was out for probably like another six months. And then most recently, like the 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 worst injury I've had that kept me off the mats for like about a year was like a really bad. Um, herniated disc l5s1 extrusion herniation and uh that one like that one really fucked me up that do was you like hurt a lot dude i'm not not pre- i mean i don't i don't not but it's not my game i'm not like a, a baron bolo player you're like, not a guy that likes to get upside down yeah no i mean dude what that was with the back was just like it was just um like a just a compounding injury it was just i i you know i i had had um i kind of fucked my back up a little in the military and then you know, was had, you know, obviously like have to do certain things throughout the military. And then also like my main hobby being training and just being dumb and, and, and having times where I should have definitely taken off, not gone to training that day, but 
jujitsu is super fun and it's super addictive mm-hmm. and the desire to improve at it is very alluring. And so just being dumb and like continually like training through times when I should have definitely been resting my body and did that enough times. And then, you know, it was a common thing. My back would go out. I'd be off the mat for like a week or two I'd heal. I'd get back in and then, and then, you know, it'd be good. So it was like back injuries were common, but then this one was like really bad. And so that's when it was a year. I'm, <laughs> I'm assuming you have some. We got Kenny's dog over here just going fucking. Oh, hell yeah. Just going to town on herself <laughs> right now, dude. Zoe. Uh, I can't. I was like, I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to keep a straight face yeah, here. And, and this chick's just going munch town over here. <laughs> uh, I feel you, Zoe. <laughs> it's tough being a Bro, dog right now. If I, I could, it. I would. Yeah, I got, I, got, I got three dogs at home, too. So it's, uh, I'm definitely not offended by a little self fellation. Hey, you got to get yours in, girl. Yeah, bro. Uh, <laughs> I'd, do, I'd do it if I could. I feel you. Yeah. Hey, well, Kenny took a rib out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like Marilyn Manson that, over here. Hey, that, that, that's a joke before the pod. Kenny told me that he has a human rib on the human wall. He has a human rib on the wall. Right here. This is human a, rib. A human rib that he has on the wall his, and, uh, his own ribs <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get it done get it in when you can <laughs> yeah. just like jujitsu yeah um uh let me see what questions do we have here i got one um so veterans day just passed um as a veteran do you feel uh, you obviously you trained while you're in and whatnot i i see a lot of guys start training afterwards yeah. um and I, my theory that I brought up uh, in a prior pod was you got a lot of guys that are in the military. They, they travel, they, you know, the PCS to some place that they're not familiar with. They have no family there. They make friends with the people that are, that are there. They get out of the military. They stay because that's where the people they know are if they yep. don't want to go back home. Right. And then those people PCS out and now they're alone. So now they've got their community is shrunk. Yeah. And uh, I think a lot of people reach out to jujitsu. There's. A lot of veterans in jujitsu, a lot of law enforcement, things like that, and like communities. Um, and there tends to be kind of like a similar camaraderie or feeling. Um, and and my thought on it is, there's a there's a certain bond amongst veterans that's like a you know a trauma bonding aspect through just the day to day life of being in the military. Um, you know, basic training, things like that. And then I feel like there's also a certain trauma bonding aspect of like you know, mat time, you're essentially trying to kill somebody and they're trying to kill you and yeah. it's struggle and, and it, it's hard and it sucks and you suck and then you get better and then you get beat down again because somebody else is better. And there's just that, you know, that kind of back and forth. Do you, do you feel any sort of like, um, do you train it with, with a lot of veterans or? Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of veterans at my gym. Uh, I train at victory MMA okay. and, uh, you know, we've got the, the Jocko draw. So right. you have a lot of, a lot of guys, a lot of veterans come in, come in there. Um, and then, yeah, being in military towns over the years, like the, a lot of the gyms that I've been at, I've had other, you know, uh, military guys in there. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, there's a lot, a lot of similarities. And I think, um, you know, you, have, you got organizations like We Defy that mm-hmm. are really tapping into that. And, and for veterans, you know, that, that is a, exactly what you explained, like, um, guys that get out and basically, you know, a lot of people when they're in the military, that is their identity. It's like it's like what they do. It's like they're you know, it's obviously their job, but like right. all their friends are from the military. It's what they talk about. It's the stuff they're interested in. And so, if you're really identifying with being in the military, and then for whatever reason, 
you know, you get out, like that's a, that is a hard transition. Um, I've talked about this before, but like for me, I was always like, I always was deep into jujitsu. Um, so like when I separated from the military, like I had like such a, like a, a life outside of the military that it wasn't that big of a deal. I had a lot gotcha. of friends through jujitsu, you know, so for, for me personally, because of jujitsu mostly, like it wasn't, it wasn't, I didn't go through that, um, you know, feeling of, of being a little like lost and without, Home. yeah. yeah. Um, but I think that there's probably nothing better in the world. And I mean, I, and, and jujitsu is like, you know, there's a natural a grit for people, you know, you've got to be a, a little bit tough to, to, to want to do that, to want to join the military. And so you've got to be a little bit tough to want to go and strangle other grown men as your, you know, fun hobby. Um, so I think there's, there's like natural parallels between the two. So if there's veterans that have never trained and they're getting out and they're confused and lost or whatever, looking for like, um, friendships and st there's, there's no better, like, it's so easy to make friends through right. jujitsu because you have that natural, like, uh, you have to trust each other immediately off the bat. Like I've got to we have to have some mutual trust. Like, Hey, we're not going to break each other here. Like we're not going to kill each other. So you can, and you're immediately like sweating in each other's mouths. Like you're just like, you're breaking a lot of like social norms of between right. like when you would first like start to talk to someone. And so like that kind of like that initial wall is, is sort of non-existent within jujitsu. Um, and then I don't know, jiu -jitsu people just tend to be, friendly and cool yeah, and it's like, just like it's a really i don't want to say so it weeds out douchebags like, i don't want to <laughs> no no they're, they're i don't yeah. want to get hey I, i've got a theory on that too that because people you know say that a lot but then but there are people that are just stubborn as fuck right so you can be a douchebag that's really stubborn and, and make refuses, it through jiu -jitsu. yeah that's and then true. you are just an empowered douchebag by the end of it now i think that's a small percentage of of, of, of people except in, 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 the, the in the community but those definitely exist. Like it does not completely destroy your ego. Um, it doesn't weed out all the douchebags. You know, those stubborn motherfuckers can stay and persist and then just get better at, you know. So tell us how, how's the Jocko smoke? Jocko smoke. The Jocko smoke's real. The Jocko smoke's real. <laughs> the Jocko yeah. smoke is real. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I was catching some Jocko smoke earlier, earlier today. Big. And yesterday. Heavy and, pressure smashing. Yeah. I mean, dude. Yeah, if you're if Jocko's legit, Jocko and and Jocko loves jujitsu. Like he is when he's in town, like he is training. Um, he's the one. Like we got a you know group text going. He's the one putting out uh, like the text. Like, Let's get it. You know this time today, boys. Like here we go. We're gonna drink. Good. Yeah. Um, that's way, hey, that's way cooler than our group. Text. Yeah. <laughs> our group text is like that's like four in a.m. Good. Well, yeah. Good. Yeah. 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 Well, Huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm the one like sending cat gifts in, in, in that group and stuff. So I, I try to bring it down, make it a little lamer. But um, uh, yeah, dude, Jocko's the man. Um, and he's uh, probably the best 52 year old that I've ever trained with. Yeah, you know? man, and and he's gonna fuck most people up. He's in great match. shape. Um, Strickland, the champion, yeah. showed up a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, I was there. Um, did you get any Strickland smoke? I didn't get any Strickland smoke. You know, that's the situation it, when, you know, and because of, uh, of Jocko, it's really cool. And the, actually the Strickland thing was like, was not because of Jocko. This is a, Strickland came in to victory MMA, like on a random Tuesday, just like during the day. And, uh, one of the coaches, like, uh, my friend Adam, who, who's like one of the coaches at, at victory, one of the black belts was like, Hey man. And he was like, Hey man, uh, yeah, I just I just used to train here. I was just like, see, I was thinking about popping in. Like, what's going on? And there wasn't really like a class, um, 
going on at the time. He was just trying to come in and hop in in a class. Like, that's what Sean Strickland did. So, and Adam was like, uh, he's like, yeah, there's not really anything going on. He's like, tomorrow we have like a black belt. We're doing like a, we have like a black belt training session. Like, if you want to, he's like, oh yeah, yeah. I'd like, I'll, I'll come in. And sure enough, dude, he, he just, he just shows up. So he just wandered in because he used to train there back in the day and just like hopped in. And then after the, our jujitsu session was over, there was just like a normal, like a, like a Muay Thai sparring class going on, like a, like a, anyone can hop in, regular old class, like someone that's just like, I want to learn Muay Thai. And they just got their new pair of hand wraps and they're getting it. And Sean Trick was like, oh, you guys are sparring? He's like, I'll join. And they just went <laughs> in and then it just started just sparring like total hobbyist. And then and then th there was like a video of him training and, and it was like kind of a point where he was like lighting up this dude a little the bit. big dude. Yeah. And then I heard that, that, I think this is what I heard, that that guy basically told him, Hey, I want to be a pro. Like, don't take it easy on me. Oh, like, yeah, I'm not going to take it easy on you. Like, <laughs> let's get it kind of thing. So out of context, it might have looked like Sean Strickland was just like beating up some hobbyists. I'm, but I'm going to tell you this uh, right like now. Like cardio kickboxing kid. But I, I think it was it was like I've trained with Sean thing. many a time. Oh, yeah. He ain't afraid. He will not. He's okay with beating up hobbyists. Oh, I, I, <laughs> like, he yeah, has yeah. no problem. Dude. I believe that. Say less. Dude. Yeah. Like, dude, yeah. I've, you know, it doesn't matter. I like. I've seen him just like, oh, your girlfriend's here today? I'm going to beat your ass. Yeah. And like, like just, yeah. oh, she's watching? All right. Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm the kind of guy that's like, oh, your girlfriend's here? I'm going to make you look good, dude. Yeah. Don't worry. Well, I'm, I'm trying to Right, 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 right. Sean's like, oh, oh no. Yeah, your kid's You're watching. You're getting that fucking smile. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to destroy you in front of your child. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Your dad's yeah. beta. Yeah, that's cool. Like, that's a damn, dude. Like, Son, do um, you like a new father? <laughs> I am your daddy now. Um, yeah, uh... Oh yeah, so so yeah, we get a lot of you know so cool people coming in the gym pretty often, and, and I definitely I'm just you know it's like when these guys are in there they, they want to train with Jocko, they want to train with Dean. So right. if 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 they look at me and they want to get around, like yeah, I'd love to, but I'm not trying to like approach people and be like. So besides Dean and Jocko, who is the most famous guy in the space or that you've got the spar with? It could um, be Muay Thai too. Um, yeah, we got a cool relationship with the Legion guys. Um, so those guys like uh, Sloan and Miha are, are good training partners of mine. They come in all the time. Keenan uh, comes in for time to time. So I've trained with Keenan. With Keenan. Awesome too. Um, yeah, and I and I, I go over to Legion a little bit too now. Um, so uh, can train with them a little bit. Uh, the Rotola guys were just Rotola brothers were just in um, recently, like a month ago. Are they from San Diego? Yeah, they live. They're they're from. I believe they're from uh, Oceans or no, no no, Orange County. They're from Orange okay. County, but they live in La Jolla. They live hey, in La Jolla if now. you ever see them roll, they don't hold back on each other. No, dude, those guys and they're and they're they're cool shit. They're it's super, like they only can roll once a week. Yeah, because they know like <laughs> well, they, yeah, it's the fight. Like the fight is on. Like I, they, I was like, these guys are about to throw punches on each other. Like if they're they're going at it so hard, oh, when they, they yeah. Each other. I've seen videos of them throwing punches yeah. at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. crazy. They've been doing that every day, every week. I mean, yeah. Could you imagine having like a just a another version of yourself, basically that you could just train with? And all I think the time. that's another reason, like you were saying, why jujitsu is so good for vets and bonding is because you could hate somebody, and I'm not saying they hate each other. They love you. They're brothers. But like, say me and Kenny have beef, and we talk shit. We fist fight. Next thing you know. We're cool afterwards. Yeah. So instantly, the the new guy comes in. He rolls with the guy. It's a simulated fight. You guys are cool because you just did something. And I think that's just like code in like fighting. Like right after the fight, you're good. Yeah. 
Like yeah. a lot of people were like, oh, an MMA or UFC. These two guys talked a lot of shit. And then after the fight, they're like hugging each other and stuff like that. It's like they were just putting on the fight for money. Maybe sometimes. But sometimes after a fight, the respect is there. And right. then you get that bond. Totally. So I yeah. think that's a big thing of why, you know, vets love the combat and love the battle. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think as guys, like there's nothing better than that just to get it get it out it's like yeah. there, there's an under like i don't know it's like if you're meeting you, you meet people that don't train or you meet any it's like there's always like an under like every guy is like if it came down to it could i fuck this guy up or not oh, you, like, size you, you walk into a room you're sizing <laughs> people up so it's like you're just going and and then in a jit in a gym you know you just get to make it not that big of a deal and just get it out of the way my wife's and been then, talking like, shit on these it. certain people at her job <laughs> for Coming like to the gym. seven years yeah yeah <laughs> She's like, ah, oh, fucking bitch. She did it again. I can't believe. I will talk to her about it. No, no. I'm like, oh, dude. Like, if you just talk. <laughs> one time, like, hey, we're good. Like, yeah. confront her. Yeah, yeah. Like, girls won't let it go. Yeah, yeah. But I think too, like, uh, tr- training and uh, just like knowing how to handle yourself, like, um, it it allows you to operate in the world from a much better place. So you're less likely to get into those initial altercations or like be ugly with people or what it's like i don't know i feel like i would probably be um like a bigger asshole and you're kind of like a little more self-conscious and it's like it kind of like having the ability to handle yourself in a situation like that like um you just can kind of be at ease you know and you can kind of present yourself as the best version of yourself because there's not this like underlying bit of fear that like resonates throughout your life like i was just talking i was talking to my friends about this yesterday and just how like, I think a lot of people in in day to day life are just a little worried. And if something handles, if something pops off, not even just how you're gonna like physically be able to to operate like in in a fight, but even just being familiar with kind of something as chaotic as as a full blown ro- mm-hmm. role, like just being familiar with violence, being familiar with like pushing yourself. And it's like if you're not in those situations often you're always going to wonder how will how will i act if that situation isn't is forced upon me right so like being able to operate in the world and knowing how you're going to do in that and like knowing that you're familiar and like yeah i can't kick everybody's ass in the world but like i got a much better chance than most people you so we don't know if we're going to win the fight but we've been studying for the test yeah that's a good way to put it that's a really good way we've been studying for the (laughs) the sats for a while yeah i feel like that's why competition is good um Maybe totally. if you don't want to be a competitive jujitsu person all the time, but take one every once in a while. It's it's like um, the parallel. We we had a, a conversation about like guns and shooting um, a couple episodes ago and whatnot. And it's like I could go to the range and and train reloads and and you know fake jams and everything like that. But until I'm actually in a situation where someone's shooting back at me. I don't know how I'm actually going to, to fare in that situation. I've never been in an actual firefight. There's a difference between hitting pads, right, and right, and, and then blocking, right, totally, totally. and then training in your gym, getting the, you know your gym smoke and whatnot. It's like, yeah, you may do fairly well, but I've also had time to to develop my game and and you know test it against your game, and then I figure out what your game is, and it's like now I've I've got a different answer versus if you you know we were just in a competition I've never seen you before and I don't know what you bring to the table. You don't know what I bring to the table. It's, it's kind of like that's, that's your test. Yeah. Cause you get the guys who lift and that's all they do. And they think they could beat everybody up. 
Yeah. Like, who's that guy? I'm, but I'm 260, bro. What's that guy? Oh, uh, Bradley Martin. Bradley yeah. Martin, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm 260, I'm 260 bro. 260, bro. <laughs> but like, like, you know what I mean? Like, and yeah, that's yeah, that's great. <laughs> I love Nate Diaz's response to him. I'll fuck you up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, a lot of guys who are just big, strong guys think they can beat up most guys. And maybe they can beat up the average guy who doesn't train at all or lift. Well, yeah. the, the, the they always say like, well, if I got my hands on you, if I got my arms around you, it's just like. Yeah, well, then yeah. I'm gonna break your arm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, it's like, yeah, my whole core versus your elbow. Yeah, you're gonna lose. Yeah, um, yeah. I think everyone should compete at least once. I think yeah. just to have that experience, it's it's a it's a beneficial thing tool to have in your toolkit of life. Yeah. Well. Well, it's been awesome having uh, Noah on the podcast. Um, where can they find you? How can we? Uh, yeah, got anything you want to plug, plug any drops, anything, come website, in. whatever. Yeah, I mean, everything's Flowhold. Uh, the website's Flowhold SD, like Flowhold San Diego. Um, Instagram, Flowhold. Um, you can find me on there. I, I'm I'm the guy answering DMs and stuff, so hit me up. Um, shoot us a follow. It, it helps. Yeah, appreciate cool. it. Yeah, everybody, still... everybody who follows BGG Balance and Oast Nation, yeah. give uh, Noah a follow. Um it's been an honor having you on here, brother. Like we love your stuff. We love your gear, all that good stuff. Hearing your story, hearing your origin story. It's been pretty, pretty cool. Um, and uh, we should do it again. Definitely. Dude, I would love that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me in guys. Definitely. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Uh, again, like the podcast, follow the podcast on all the socials. O's nation at O's nation, BJJ at the freak party at flow hold. Um, this is the BJJ balance podcast and we'll catch you around. O's. <laughs>